Welcome to the Jeffers Brief, only on Contra Radio Network. Welcome again, Intelligentsia. Glad you are here. What do we got there? Nope, not that one. We did that one already. What is what is going on here? Are you serious? All stations, this is Crystal Palace. Stand by for a message from Brass Hat. That's right, Brass Hat Clyde All Stations. Alright. Another week, another episode. You know, I don't know if you've noticed. But we're seeing more and more business saying, you know, we're paying $15 an hour. Okay. I'm not saying it's bad. What I'm going to say, it does no good in the long run for everybody, for those people that could benefit, that it's supposed to benefit. All right. You're saying, John, what are you talking about? What I'm talking about is this. People who are employed right now. They're making the minimum wage. And the complaint is it's not enough to live on. Okay, granted. Let's say that's true. So employers are going to raise their, oh, we're paying $15 an hour. We're with it. We get it. Okay, great. So a business decides we're going to pay our employees $15 an hour, but the business owner knows he can't make any money at $15 an hour. So one of two things are going to happen. Well, actually, more than that. One, the people that are supposed to help to get the $15, well, the business owner is going to say, hey, look, I can't afford to pay all of my employees $15 an hour, so you, you, and you are now laid off. Now they go, file unemployment, they're on the government dole, reliant on the government. The other people making $15 an hour are saying, okay, you know, I, you know, that's good. Thanks God it wasn't me that got laid off. So then other businesses see what that business owner has done. Business A has raised his uh, pay for his employees $15 an hour. Businesses B, C, D, and on down the line, I'll say, well, we we don't want to, we want to keep our employees, we want good employees, so they raise their pay to $15 an hour, which is fine. Again, business owners will say, I can't make any money, I didn't start a business to go broke, I started a business to make a profit. So, business owner says, I got to raise my prices. And if I don't raise my prices, then I got to lay you and you and you off, just like business owner A did. Business A says, I got to raise my prices or I got to lay you off. I choose to lay you, you and you off, I'll keep my prices low. All the other businesses got to make that same decision. So at this point, they're faced with A, I can't continue to pay my employees $15 an hour, so I'm going out of business. I didn't go into business to go broke. I'm done. I'm out. So now all those employees who did have $50 an hour, eh, you're unemployed, go find another job, or better yet, 
you know, you can go back, you can go on unemployment, which helps nobody anywhere. Temporarily it does, but then again, it also creates what we've seen already from, since the 60s, and that is a generational reliance upon unemployment and other safety nets. I swear, our government has more programs for the lazy than any other country. Anyways, that's another subject. So, let's get back to it. So, $15 an hour. So, other businesses see this. They're going to have to either raise their prices to cover the $15 or they leave people off. Or they go out of business. So, what happens is this. And this happens all the time. And you, and, and, and you may not have seen it. You may not be aware of it. You've, you've noticed it, but you haven't quite gone. You know, what, what, what is this? What this is, is this. And this is how capitalism will work and does work. They will. Every business will raise their prices. One, because of human nature being what it is. You have some business owners that say, oh, I can raise my prices and justify it by saying I had to pay my employees $15 an hour. So he raises his prices no matter what. So whether you're the gas station, you know, the oil company, the gas station, your utilities, food, oh, you really can't, food you really cannot, you know, because it flexes all the time. And I warned you about this over a year ago, what was going to happen, and it's happening now. Urgh. However, so that's why $50 an hour, all you're going to do is put these, put these people back where they were and they're making a minimum wage. Everybody's going to raise their prices. So the $15 an hour, that money they got over and above minimum wage, has been wiped out because of the cost of other businesses. Yes, I sell bicycles or I sell bicycle parts or whatever. My boss gave me $15. Your next door neighbor got to raise $15 too. What does he do? I work, the, I work at the gas station. Everybody's going to raise their prices to, because they figure, what they figure is all these employees got this extra money. Oh, they got extra money. They got to raise. We can raise our prices this much. That puts them right back at zero again. So, in an effort to try to seem like there's yeah, and I don't know, I don't get it. Why is corporate America so bought in, so invested in this woke thing? Why? It doesn't buy them goodwill because most of the people that are in the woke don't have a lot of money to spend. They just don't. Mainly because, one, they're young adults. Two, they're probably they're college students who have no clue what the real world is like. Unless, of course, they're going to school full-time and working full-time. And it has been done. It's been done successfully many times. Which, by the way, as I segue into this, college, higher education, has become big, big business. Oh you, go, oh, you can't afford this? Go get a government loan. So you go get the government loan. we got all these great programs. And next thing you know, you're being bent over. 
high on it. Now, no one said, no one's forcing these uh, young adults to go get higher education at the highest, you know, at the best schools they could find. So the question remains, should the American taxpayer have to subsidize their choice? Yes, everyone would love to get a degree at Harvard. Well, Harvard's expensive. Not everyone gets to go to Harvard or Yale or Princeton or any other college for your school. It's all big business. And what are they getting for it? Well, you know, you make your own conclusions. I will not tell you what to think. That's not my job. My job is just to throw it out there. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. And I'm okay with being wrong. I love people. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. So what? You can't be right all the time. You just can't. I don't care what my mother says. <laughs> and believe me, she thinks she's right all the time. It's like, no, you are not. But that's another story. All right. Oh, I had to get off. I think about saying, you know what? This is wrong. This isn't right. Uh, you preppers out there, my friends. SHTF blog. As we have seen numerous and over our time with uh, preppers, we always, you know, always talk about bug out. We got to bug out. Bugging out is not the big happy adventure you always, you imagine it to be. It won't be. It's going to be something that you're just going, oh, good God, where have I got myself into? What am I doing here? Do I know what I want to do? I want to go home. Bugging out can sometimes be more dangerous than just staying in. And bugging out should be your nuclear option, your last option, when you have nothing, you, you just don't, all right? You're saying, okay, so let's talk about this. Let us talk about some hypothetical situations to consider when you do bug out. Now we've seen uh, prepping go from a fringe idea talked about in whispers to something that's wildly accepted as reasonable and discussed around the office water cooler. One of the things that inevitably gets people started in prepping is envisioning how they'd respond to hypothetical bug out situations. <clears throat> and believe me, what you plan and what transpires won't even look remotely close. All right, so let's talk about this. All right, I mean, it might start with hearing news of a pending natural disaster, witnessing street protests, or for some, just imagining a zombie apocalypse and the need to get out of Dodge. If you're new to prepping, the acronym is good. Get out of Dodge. Dodge, G-O-O-D. Now, inevitably, these scenarios prompt people to ask themselves, where would I go? How would I get there? Who would I travel with? What would I need for gear? How long could I last? That's a big one. <coughs> now, if they haven't started one already, they quickly find themselves searching the web for information on building the best bug out bag. And there's a lot of different thoughts on that. 
You can only pick out what suits you. So Sotra Pack is typically filled with equipment to enable one to get from point A to point B to live safely in the bush for a period of time until danger passes. But what are some of the actual events that could lead to the necessity of bugging out? So let's take a look at these hypothetical bug out situations that could necessitate a full bug out. So let's start with clarifying the basics. What is a bug out situation? It's any dangerous scenario that requires leaving in a hurry, also known as to bug out. Unexpected danger, often one's life is either present or approaching. There is little time to react, no chance of hiring movers to pack your things and head across the country. You have to grab your survival gear and go. What to consider in your bug out? Now, countless people from, you know, I mean, have questions just getting started in prepping, and it can be overwhelming. There's so much to learn, so many products people are telling you to buy, and so many situations to consider. One can reach information overload in a hurry, get discouraged, and give up. <coughs> Fortunately for you people that listen to the Contrario Network, you listen. You haven't given up. You get a gold star for the day. So if you're just getting started, let's begin with a personal threat assessment. Knowing what threats you face in your situation will help you inform and prioritize your preps. It saves time and money. Do I have to say it? Oodaloop. loop! A personal threat assessment requires a bit of imagination, though. You have to consider what the possible situations are that would lead to a possible loss of life or property. What are the likely threats, and of each, which would require bugging out? So let's imagine a hypothetical bug out situation that would require a bug out. In other words, bug out situations you might face. I'll give you a few examples, but you could likely imagine many more. Number one, religious persecution. It's happening now. If you're a Christian, you are being persecuted. If you're a Muslim, you are not. That's just the fact of the matter, at least in America. Now, America is built in part out of the European religious persecution. Colonists pursued religious freedom in a new land. Unfortunately, religious persecution continues as a persistent problem. On top of that, you have instances of church shootings, people targeting churches with IEDs, etc. Religious persecution has taken place throughout virtually all of human existence. There is no sign it will end. It's not unthinkable to believe things could grow worse. If tensions heated up, if tempers flared, if violence against your church, whatever church it may be, became a target, you would have the ability to disappear into the woods, desert, or mountains, do you? It's a bug out situations that you want to consider. Uh, for further reading, Beyond the Rapids. One Family's Triumph Over Religious Persecution in Communist Ukraine by Evelyn Porto. Religious Liberty in Crisis, Exercising Your Faith in an Age of Uncertainty by Ken Starr. The Price of Freedom Denied, Religious Persecution and Conflict in the 21st Century by Brian Grimm and Roger Finke. Number two, EMP or Geomagnetic Storm. For those of you new to prepping, EMP, Electromagnetic Pulse. We've done many shows here on CRN. Look at the archives. 
A number of nations now have the ability to attack with a grid-destroying EMP. China reportedly even has a first strike capability to melt the U.S. power grid. A geomagnetic storm would have the same effect, and it's happened before. The Carrington event. The threat of EMP is very real and is likely going to uh, be a weapon in future warfare. If you live within an urban environment when an EMP hits, you need to bug out. Your need to bug out is virtually guaranteed. Not having any power in a city means no ability to get water, utilize elevators, have proper sewage disposal, etc. It would only take a few days when the threat of dying from thirst manifests and social chaos ensues before you would need to take drastic action and get the hell out of Dodge. An urban environment would grow very violent post-EMP as well as desperate people turn to desperate actions to get the supplies they need to keep them and their families alive. In the event of such an attack, the sooner you can put as much distance as possible from the city and yourself, the better. Hopefully you would bug out immediately after learning of the attack, if possible. Your car likely won't post pulse. So it's not gonna start, guys. It won't work. And so if trucking it on foot or bicycle, uh-huh, would likely be your only viable option. A bug out bag would be your only safe source of supplies in such an event. Strap it on your back and off you go. For further reading, I, uh, How to Bug Out of a Congested City by Morgan Rogue of Rogue Preparedness. Lights Out, a Cyber Attack, a Nation Unprepared, Surviving the Aftermath by Ted Koppel. Report of the Commission to Assess the Threat of the United States from EMP by Critical Infrastructures. Number three, doxing or personal threats. You know, doxing, you've probably all heard it, but you don't know what it is. It's slang for dropping documents. It's done in a malicious manner. When someone does some cyber sleuthing to publicly expose personal details about someone's life. What's more, what's more in most cases, it's completely legal because the information is already out there. Doxing probably isn't what comes to people's minds when imagining hypothetical bug out situations, but it's one worth considering in today's day and age, and the issue has only grown intensity over the past few years. The scary thing about it is that it can happen to virtually anyone. Typically, however, the targets seem to be people who have different political opinions than another. The person is then doxxed as a means of exacting revenge or hoping others take some type of threatening action against the individual. Should you become doxxed, you will likely not feel safe in your own home. You could find yourself contending with a large force of angry people headed your way if this happened. Calling the police is one option, bugging out is another. In fact, probably best to do both. This could certainly mean bugging out to some wilderness location, but it's just as probable you may want to bug out by paying with cash at an undisclosed motel somewhere in the middle of nowhere as well. Either way, having a bug out bag ready with everything you need in it will enable you to make a quick and clean break with little fear of not being able to survive out there without all the belongings in your home and without leaving a phone or credit card trail behind you that could potentially give away your position. For further reading, Protect Your Identity, Step-by-Step Guide and work Workbook by Carrie Kursky. Safe Cyber Home, Protect Your Family from Fraud, Identity Theft, and Computer Hacks by Billy Van Cannon. Number four, Economic Collapse and Severe Poverty. My friends, there's no doubt in my mind that the stock market is so overplayed and overinflated right now, it's going to come crashing down when I don't know. 
and especially with the government wants to spend three and a half trillion dollars. Yeah, I'm just reaching my pocket. Here, here you go. Here you go. Take all my money. Yes. Let's say for some reason hyperinflation hits. Perhaps the national debt finally caught up with D.C. Perhaps printing trillions of dollars finally got out of control. Perhaps China decides to dump U.S. treasuries. Perhaps all these things happen at once. Whatever the reason, the U.S. dollar is now not even worth the paper it's printed on and never was. And nobody can afford anything. It's because of this that few people can afford food, medicine, or other daily essentials. Anyone that knows a sliver of U.S. history knows this has happened before, uh, before during the Great Depression. It's happened even before then, and it's happened after. Combined with the effects of the Dust Bowl, the Great Depression led to migration within the U.S., creating American refugees in their own country. This migration is essentially a large-scale bug-out situation. Such a th happening could force thousands of people to vacate their homes, either from eviction or in search of work somewhere else. It could leave the United States ripe for violence. Desperate people do desperate things. And roving bands of people breaking into homes would not be out of the question. We always think these things are going to happen to other people, but remember, the other people thought that too. For further reading, Spiraling Downward, Thinking About and Planning for Economic Collapse by Peter Damaris. The Modern Survival Manual, Surviving the Economic Collapse by Fernando, Fernando Furfal Aguirre. Number five, let's talk about nuclear fallout. Hmm. Uh, nuclear war has been a threat towards the U.S. ever since the Cold War. And though it's no longer a hot topic of discussion, the matter of the fact is that the threat still exists. There are a number of countries and organizations out there that would love nothing more than to see America turn into a desolate wasteland. To make matters worse, national enemies are building their nuclear arsenals or the ability to create such. Though you would not survive, you would not survive a direct nuclear blast, the threat for most people would be the subsequent nuclear fallout. So let's say the mushroom popped up in a city 300 miles to the west of you, and the wind in your town comes in from the west. You know that you know that you know that you know it's only a matter of time before the nuclear fallout reaches your location. And in such event, you're likely going to want to bug out as far away as possible from the range of the fallout. This is especially true if you don't have a safe shelter available at your current location. For example, you're on a business trip or vacation or whatever. Further reading, free fallout shelter PDF designs. By who? By the author of this article. Yes, yeah, this guy's he's pretty good, I like him. Oh. What is his name? I gotta find it because I love giving credit where credit's due. Believe me, I do. <laughs> Where is it? Where do you do with it? All right. Anyways, it's, I, I can't find it right now. But anyhow, uh, nuclear. Uh, further reading: Nuclear War Survival Skills, Life-Saving Nuclear Facts and Self-Help Instructions by Chris and Kearney, Edward Teller, and Eugene Wigner. Number six, natural disasters. We see it all the time. We see it every year. If the south isn't flooding, California's burning. 
Not a year goes by. You don't hear about a major natural disaster impacting some area of the United States, let alone around the globe. It could take the form of drought, ice storms, wildfires, hurricanes, earthquakes, tornadoes, you get the idea. In 2018 alone, 38.4% of the continental U.S. was in a drought. Hurricane Katrina was, and it's anecdotally, the single biggest natural disaster that prompted more everyday people to become preppers. The reason wasn't so much the devastation itself, but the federal government's horrific response. People woke up. If the United States, the most powerful nation in the world, could not step up to save its own citizens in a defined area during a natural disaster, who could? The answer, no one other than ourselves. For better or worse, sometimes saving yourself means bugging out. Now, while the story of Hurricane Camille party has been debunked, there are plenty of people who chose to face danger and protect their home as a devastating storm rolls in. This is unwise. Your life is more important than your possessions. If a pending natural disaster, you know what's coming, it means bug out. That's why you have insurance. For further reading, the, peepers com the, <laughs> the Prepper's Complete Book of Disaster Readiness, Life-Saving Skills, Supplies, Tactics, and Plans by Jim Cobb. The Ultimate Survival Medicine Guide, Emergency Preparedness for Any Disaster by Amy Alton. Let's talk about plague. As long as we all have the COVID-19 fresh in our minds for many people that did not necessitate a bug out per se, but there were plenty of instances where people opting to live in more rural areas throughout the pandemic. That is a, well, a bug out of sorts. It's happened before. During the Black Death, refugees fled plague-stricken areas in droves. This undoubtedly led to the spread of disease, but who can blame anyone for fleeing an area riddled with contagious death? If a more deadly version of the coronavirus came back and struck your area hard, would you bug out? For further reading, The Prepper's Guide to Surviving Pandemics, Bioterrorism, and Infectious Disease by William uh, for, forgery, for, for, forgery, yeah, MD. <laughs> the Prepper's Medical Handbook, again, by, by William for, Forgery, MD. I want to keep saying Fogarty, but that, that's John Fogarty from yeah, Creedence Clearwater. Number eight, localized attack. Of course, it wouldn't have to be a full-blown nuclear war to necessitate a bug-out resulting from acts of foreign aggression. Take the 9-11 terrorist attacks as the most obvious example. That attack, executed by a handful of virtual nobodies, led to a, natural, a national crisis like the thing we've seen before into large-scale wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. My friends, the, our country has not been the same since 9-11. It hasn't. It just hasn't. There are times to play the hero. There are times to just save yourself or the lives of your family. Sometimes dealing directly with the threat is what's required. And other times fleeing the scene is required. Soldiers know when to retreat. You should too. Further reading. Survive a shooting. 
Strategies to Survive Active Shooters and Terrorist Attacks by Alan Burrus. Surviving the Threat, Terrorist Attacks, Mass Shootings and Dangerous Situations by Antius. Last but not least, we must do this, Zombie Apocalypse. All right, this is, for, this is added for fun, but it's for good reason. Despite being fiction, a zombie apocalypse is without question the most widely considered hypothetical bug out situation. Zombies have caught the fascination of the public ever since Night of the Living Dead. And you can watch it for free on YouTube if you want. Countless zombie films have been produced since then, and more recently, the Walking Dead series captured the viewer's attention. Scenes from that series picture bug out situation after bug out situation. In fact, the characters are most always bugging out. This is not much of a leap from being a fan of zombie films to becoming a prepper. There are plenty of similarities, and of course, some of you may have attended a zombie convention. But, you know, zombie films, shows, books, etc., can all bring about scenes that prompt questions of what would I do if? Those scenarios all involve a bug out of some type. Zombies represent an easy way to bridge a more serious conversation about prepping. It's a way to move from the fun to the serious. And this might be the biggest benefit of all. For further reading, Could a Zombie Apocalypse Really Happen? by Aiden Tate. The Zombie Survival Guide, Complete Protection from the Living Dead by Max Brooks. By the way, Max Brooks also wrote World War Z. If you saw the movie, that's fine. Read the book. The book is excellent. It's just a story, but it, the way he, he put it together, it's pretty. It's a good book. It's a good read. Zombie Preparedness by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. I'm not kidding. I'm telling you. The CDC. The same people who want you to believe that wearing a mask that won't stop the virus is somehow going to save everybody. So are you ready? Undoubtedly, there are other bug out situations in which you may be forced to quickly flee. The important thing is that you have the supplies in place already to be able to do so when your life depends upon it. Are there other situations where bugging out could easily save your life? Are there particular items you like to include as specialty items within your bug out bag? I mean, these are considerations. These are the considerations. Something to think about, my friends. Something you need to know. Oh, what else do I want to talk about? Let me see here. If I have time, I may do this one. Or I'll save it for next week. I'm not sure yet. I am not sure yet. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to save it for next week. Next week's show, provided nothing else really crazy happens, let's talk about bullets. Jacketed hollow point versus full metal jackets. Which should you use? Yes, yes, yes. We're going to talk about that next week. And uh, Steve Markwith was the author of SHTF blog. I suggest you uh, check him out. 
Very good stuff, very good stuff. I'm trying to think of anything else you might need. All right. I got it. I got a bitch at you about some stuff. I warned you two years ago that because of the storms we had in the United States that and had uh, destroyed millions of acres of farmland, that eventually it's going to work its way to the supply chain. It has. Why do you think we're having all the price increases at your grocery store? And the natural disasters keep coming. They don't stop. They don't care. If you paid attention two years ago, you would have been out buying stuff. Let's go back to the winter or spring of 2020. You couldn't find spaghetti, pasta. You couldn't find a lot of stuff. Because the supply chains are so thin. You know, I've always said, and I still do believe, that electricity is the, the thin veneer of society that keeps it together. I'm really, I'm, I am really ready to add supply chains to that. Very thin. Very thin. Think about it. All right. So you know what we're going to talk about next week. Anything else I want to talk to you about? Nope. That's it. All right. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. Oh, by the way, uh, for some reason, we just got a huge, huge listen, listener uh, jump in the state of Iowa. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it around the world. Netherlands. We got a lot of listeners in Russia and Europe. Welcome. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Because, you know, just because you don't live in the United States doesn't mean that these ideas for prepping are any less valuable around the world. Let's face it. There are natural disasters that happen all over the planet. We have all kinds of mass murders happening all over the planet. People face survival situations every day somewhere around the planet. Whether it's economic, military, or mother nature, makes no difference. And by military, I mean the governments. Just is. So just because you live in the United States, don't think, I mean, let me put it this way. Just because you live outside the United States doesn't mean that these ideas are worthless to you. Apply them to your situation where you live. Granted, where you live, you may not be able to own a firearm. That doesn't mean you can't get one. Case in point. New York City and Chicago, all the big Democrat-run cities, they have gun control. But yet they still have gun violence. Go figure. Go figure. So just because your government says you can't have a firearm doesn't mean you can't get your hands on one. You can. So think about that. Ha!
Until next time, I'm John Jeffers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it. Tell your friends and family. They probably won't listen to you anyways. They probably haven't listened to you, so that's okay. Screw them when the time comes. Sorry. Everybody makes, everybody makes decisions and choices, some good, some bad. And the bad ones, no one else is going to take credit for. So have a good one. Be safe. Keep preparing. Prep today. Live tomorrow. See you next week.